0: Good morning. A happy Easter. Well, yeah, he's risen indeed. Yes, hallelujah. Good one, good. Yes, I know I've been in, I was in Walgreens Monday after Easter. They were, I, they were just sh- scraping everything off the shelves, all the Easter candy, all the Easter decorations, back in the ba- box and who knows where. But I uh, know that we still celebrate Easter. It's a full seven Sundays number of perfection, uh, that we celebrate Easter. And as we move on in the next few Sundays, uh, Pastor Jeremy and I are going to talk about a series called All In. You know, what are the ramifications now that because Jesus rose from the dead, now what? <laughs> We're going to look at how the disciples responded and reacted and really how it still, again, impacts us uh, today through, down through the ages. So God uh, sent his son into the world, born in the manger, uh, flesh and blood. And Jesus suffered the pains, again, of, uh, of that we suffer too, and excruciatingly on the cross suffered death, and then was resurrected bodily. That's so important. That's It's so important to, to see that. So that god's grand plan his whole totality of love and compassion for us is complete heart and soul body and mind the way he created us the way he saves us the way we'll live forever so we look at uh, our response to that I and mean, you wonder how do we respond to these great gifts and actually jesus told us not too long ago and. Somebody asked him, what's the most important thing for us to be doing, Jesus? And he said, well, it's to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. Totally, completely. God is all in when it comes to loving us and saving us and caring for us day in and day out and forever and our response is to be all in in serving him and loving our family, our neighbors as ourselves and sharing that good news that he has for us. So we're gonna talk about, again, this whole all-encompassing love that God has for us completely and totally. It's much more than just uh, uh, we're we gonna get caught in this, uh, well, uh, you know, we're gonna die and go to heaven and that's kind of this big goal in our minds or big big idea but uh, the comfort that God gives us is so much more complete than not just that it's you know in the future but you know it's it's here for us today in the flesh in the flesh so there's a man who had a dream that he was carrying a heavy burden up a hill where a cross stood and as he knelt at the foot of the cross He felt physically, he could feel the burden lifting off of his shoulders. And peace replaced his fear. And his tears turned to laughter. And leaping to his feet, this pilgrim sang, He hath given me rest by his sorrow and life by his death. This is a quote from uh, Bunyan's book, The Pilgrim's Progress. But I, I share it because it, it is such a perfect parallel for the account that we're going to go over today in John chapter 20. When Jesus appeared to his disciples immediately after his resurrection. First, the, the women disciples and then the men disciples. And we're going to get to see, again, how that impacted their lives yeah, forever. So, uh, put yourself in the story with me this morning. Let's, Let's go with the women. So, we rise early in the morning with the Marys and Salome and we make our journey to the tomb. It is a sad journey. They have very heavy hearts. This man who was central in their life, who was so significant to them, had just a few days before been ingloriously killed. And these women actually lingered at the foot of the cross until the bitter end. They watched through eyes filled with tears as friends took the bleeding and still warm body of Jesus from the cross. They were devastated, completely, emotionally, spiritually, physically crushed and exhausted. And as they make their way to the tomb, it is again a journey of, of grief, of doubt and of sadness. It's an uncomfortable place, but I want you to just pause right here on the journey. And have you ever wondered what the world would be like if those women had indeed found the cold body of Jesus in that tomb? How different would our lives be today if Jesus had not risen from the dead? That's a vast thought, Uh, so many things to consider. But as I thought about it this week for you, I realized that there would be many, many, many things that we would have to take away from our day-to-day lives. It's amazing, the impact. Jesus had not risen from the dead. Well, you can take away all of the hospitals, and the orphanages, all started by the followers of Jesus who understood that every human life has dignity and value and that God comes to, to bring salvation, this healing of, again, soul and heart, strength and mind, complete and total love for humanity before Christians, orphans, just wandered the streets like dogs. They weren't even given names until they were eight, nine, 10, 11, let's just say, well, let's just see if this kid lives or not. So imagine the world, take away all of the hospitals, all of the orphanages, remove the hand of Christian charity, all of the food that's given to the hungry all of the clothing that's given to the cold and shivering. Remove all the shelters that we've built for homeless. Take away all of the efforts of world relief. And then take away the voice of Christian conscience that informed our founding fathers who wrote our Constitution. Take away the schools for they were always the nurseries of the church. It was, in fact, the Protestants who, in Martin Luther's era, 1500s, who who made such an emphasis on public education. Every child learning how to read and write simple, uh, basic knowledge so that ignorance doesn't just run rampant in our society. Jesus is not risen from the dead. Well, we can take away all of those great works of art, the statues of David, the Pieta, the masterpieces like Michelangelo's Sistine Chapel, Leonardo da Vinci's The Last Supper, and and you can forget the sweet strains of Bach's, Jesu joy of man's desiring, of Handel's Hallelujah Chorus. All of the great thinkers, great uh, scientists like Isaac Newton, Louis Pascal, great thinkers of philosophy and theology like Martin Luther and his probably most important piece of literature, the translation of the German Bible, which shaped the language and the faith of that country and then Europe and then, of course, influencing the whole world. You can take away Thomas Cramner and his book of Common Prayer, which also shaped the the language and the culture of the entire English-speaking world. You take all of that away and more, more than we could ever think of, more than we could ever list, Leave it all buried in the tomb of the dead. We've never known it, it never happened. Can you imagine what living in a world like that would be like? Sounds terrible. I think we would probably have second thoughts about wanting to even live in that world. And yet, so often, with a cavalier attitude, we take these blessings and treasures for granted. We look with indifference to the church who passed down this legacy through the centuries to us today and we maybe we think too little of how important it is for us to continue to pass that legacy on to the children and grandchildren's generations in our society today. It's impossible to put into words the impact of Again, beyond having our sins forgiven and going to heaven body and mind soul and heart the impact of Jesus Christ and his resurrection on our world today can't be measured. It just can't be measured. Now when the women remember with the Marys, with Salome walking to the tomb a, a, a journey of sadness they had not expected anything to have happened between Good Friday and Easter Sunday. They're going with spices to anoint the dead body they expected, fully expected to see. And yet, they had a couple of concerns. The first was this giant stone that had covered the entrance to the tomb. And they were amazed as they approached the grave that tomb had been shoved aside and then They look into the tomb, and there's not a word for it, okay, surprise, awe, trembling. They saw an angel of the Lord sitting on the slab. (laughs) So terrified, the angel did all the talking. Because he said, oh, you're seeking Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He's not here, because he's risen, go. He's risen indeed. Go and tell his disciples and Peter that he's going on to Galilee before you. You're gonna see him just as he told you. And the women, terrified, uh, shock and awe, ran from the tomb as fast as their legs could carry them. It took them a while. They had to gather their wits before they could share this news with anybody. But a journey that began with such a heavy burden of grief and doubt and sadness. It all turned to gladness. Joy abundant. They tell the men who disbelieve it to be first two, till Jesus appears to them. Now don't miss this, because I know we pick on Tom- What do we call Thomas most of the time? Doubting Thomas. Doubting Thomas. Poor guy, man. What a bad rap. Did you miss it? Because when Jesus appeared to the 10, the the big group, the first Sunday, Easter Sunday, it says that he showed them his hands and his side. And then they said, wow, he's alive. He's risen. This is awesome. And then so Thomas says, okay, well, I'm going to have to see his hands and his side if I'm going to believe this too. And then the next week, this Sunday after Easter, Jesus appeared again. Thomas is with him this time. And Jesus just says, Thomas, reach out your hand. Put it it in my hand. Put Put your hand in my side. Feel the mark, the spear that pierced my heart. And then Thomas gives maybe the greatest confession in the entire Bible My Lord and my God. My Lord, my Savior, the Messiah that has been promised and long waited for, the Christ, the anointed one. And my God, the creator of the universe, the author of life, the only being that would have power over death. Here it is in flesh and blood, resurrected heart and soul, body and mind just as he resurrects and saves us. So if you look around the world at the evidence of all the blessings that God has given to us, I think about this uh, really cool quote from William Barclay. He said, if Jesus Christ had not risen from the dead, we would have never heard of him. He would've just been another criminal, another person accused of treason or heresy, executed and thrown into a mass grave and forgotten. Hundreds and thousands of people have followed that, uh, that same journey in life. Never, never heard from again, nobody knows their name. Yet Jesus made such an impact because of his resurrection. It's just as Peter preached it right after Easter, Crowds in Jerusalem he said you killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead and we are witnesses of this. And so we're gonna leave church today with an incredible joy in our hearts because we have heard the message of these witnesses. We've heard the message of the angels and we see the joy of these surprised disciples And you can look at the liveliness that came over this early small Christian community that faced all kinds of persecutions. There's no advantage for claiming to be a Christian, no advantage uh, for claiming that you had seen Jesus risen from the dead. There was only persecution for saying those things. And we see the vitality of the faith that has been passed down through the centuries all the way down to our century today. And when you grasp that faith, when it livens your spirit, it has an incredible impact on your day-to-day life, on the lives of the people uh, around you, and on those really significant moments in life too. So that day when death is approaching and you are standing next to the bedside of a loved one, holding a hand, not wanting to let go, Because just moments earlier, that hand was giving you warmth and touch and love. I want you to understand. Your love for that house of clay is not morbid or melancholy. That body is important, not just because of what it has been but because of what it will be again. Heart and soul, body and mind. God creates us and God resurrects us. Holy and completely human. That's what I'm telling you. You will touch the warmth of that hand again. And you will hear the cadence of that familiar voice again. Again. And you will see the glimmer of joy in those eyes again. Complete and total healing. Now we wait, of course, for that glorious day in heaven when all things are made right, all things are perfect, And we live forever again, body and soul, heart and mind, completely as God created us now. We live forever with our family, our loved ones, of course with Jesus Christ. And in the meantime, Jesus has already resurrected from the dead. He has already brought salvation, peace that passes all understanding, and a healing uh, for all that ails us. What uh, Chris read in uh, James 5 is a reminder of how God continues to come into our world today to restore us and give us that peace. Again, heart and soul, body and mind. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And The prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he has committed sins, they shall be forgiven them. Total and complete restoration. So right now I'm going to invite you all, we'll do it uh, like we did for communion, the ushers will help you, come up the side aisle and go back. But I invite you to walk alongside the Marys and Salome, the great pilgrim, with all of the burdens that you have, whatever ails you, Whatever troubles your soul, whatever relationship, uh, strife haunts you, whatever burden you are carrying, bring it up to the foot of the cross and let God lift it from you. Receive the peace that surpasses all understanding. Amen.